We love the Holy Spirit. We love one another. And we love reaching out to our world in very practical ways and showing the love of Jesus Christ. So if you'd like to know more about the church, felt a visitor card, put it in the, uh, the table out back. We have a gift for you. Um, or just keep on coming and uh, see what we're all about. But we are unashamed of Jesus Christ. We're unashamed of the Word of God. We're unashamed of God Almighty. And we uh, love the Bible. Last Sunday, I opened up a message uh, well, in our series on the Holy Spirit. I opened up a message called Naturally Supernatural. Man, the School of the Supernatural this weekend was powerful. Uh, in fact, at the end of the service today, when we have our impartation time, meaning when we invite the Holy Spirit to impact us based on what we've heard taught, and we have prayer teams come down here, we're inviting all those who went through the School of the Supernatural this weekend to come down and be part of the prayer teams to impart what you received yesterday and Friday night from Benny Perez, who just brought the Holy Spirit. It was powerful. And, uh, but I have received tremendous feedback from last week's message. Uh, sometimes it's bread and butter. It's just uh, peanut butter and jelly is good for you. Other times it really strikes a chord. It's like a feast. And some of you really, um, it really connected with you last week. And I'm glad because uh, it's critical for us as a spiritual congregation to not just focus on the 10% of what the Holy Spirit is doing, which is the dramatic nature of his manifestations or the way he operates in people's lives. We miss about 90% of what the Holy Spirit is doing when we only focus on the dramatic and call that the Holy Spirit, but we don't call these other things the Holy Spirit. I remember when um, I was a uh, college and career pastor at a large charismatic church here in San Diego, and uh, our youth pastor operated in the power of God in a pretty dramatic way. He came from a ministry that uh, operated, in, it was a power evangelism ministry. So he brought that into a local church. And so uh, one of these um, teenagers who was in the youth group for a few years, every evening, every night, every time they had a meeting, people were falling out into the power of God and, and uh, just having these dramatic manifestations. I was the college and career pastor, so I was not, we, were, we were operating the, op, uh, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but our primary focus was educating college students on the different philosophies in the world, from atheism and, and uh, the different religions of the world and humanism. And so we're trying to equip them intellectually to be able to be in the marketplace, to be in the school environment, and be able to have intelligent answers for, for, um, for the uh, philosophies they were learning. And so he comes into the college and career ministry, which was a different there was a different purpose to the ministry. And so he comes into my office one day and he says, he was so distraught. He said, Pastor John, I just feel like I'm backslidden. I was like, really? I mean, he's at church all the time. He loves the word of God. He's in the prayer meetings, but he feels backslidden. He goes, yeah, I just, I just, I just don't feel the Holy Spirit anymore. I mean, I, I just, you know, I said, well, so what are you talking about? Well, you know, cause I don't get, I don't fall down anymore. Like in our church services, you know? And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, would you do anything that Jesus Christ would ask you to do right now today? And he said, absolutely. I said, brother, you are on fire, man. He goes, really? I said, yes. And I had to redefine to him what it meant to be on fire for the Holy Spirit. I mean, when the Holy Spirit comes upon a person, look at this. Let me jump into, this. Let me jump into my notes here. Living naturally supernatural begins with this. Confidence that you have the Holy Spirit. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, the moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says this, look in Ephesians chapter one, verse 13. In him, Jesus, 
you also trusted. How many of you in here have already trusted in Jesus Christ? I'm sure all of you haven't, but how many of you have? You've trusted in Jesus Christ. In other words, you've asked him into your life, made him your savior, you belong to him. It says, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, in whom also having believed, you were, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. What verb tense is that? That's a past tense, right? Okay, can I have a, can I have a male volunteer? I want to make this really plain to us here at the Gathering Place Church. A male volunteer, please just raise your hand. Okay, right? We got here? All right. Uh, who, should I, who should I take? All right, come on up here. Okay, you follow me on up here. Come on, man. Okay, I want to show you when somebody, gave their, when somebody gives their life to Jesus Christ, here is what happens. Sam. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. All right. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, this is what happened to you. You. Okay, now just start turning around. Just go the other way. You don't want to be undone by the Holy Ghost. Come on. All right, keep going. Okay, here you go. Hold on to this right here. Hold on to that. Right there. Okay, now start spinning around, man. Give it to me. Come on. This worked at home. Next time, let me know. Holy Spirit, I'm trying to honor you here. You got to help me out. All right, man, you don't have enough of the Holy Ghost. That's, you're, you're in trouble, man. All right, I'm about to give up on this because you got the point, but... Not yet. I'm not giving up yet. All right. Where did you buy this roll of saran wrap, Hope? Did did you go to the dollar store? All right. Here we go. So he is completely wrapped in the Holy Spirit right now. Use your imagination. He is wrapped tight in the Holy Spirit. Okay, now. I want you wrapped in the Holy Spirit. You're completely wrapped, right? Yeah. All right. Now ask, ask him for the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Okay, now how stupid is that? Really? The Holy Spirit is completely sealed him. He's all around him. And he's asking the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Really? Now what are some... Now why are you acting like you're cold? I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Or, or how, about, how about him saying, I don't feel the Holy Spirit. I don't feel the Holy Spirit. Really? I mean, so that means the Holy Spirit isn't with him? The Bible says that the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you were what? Sealed, sealed man. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so when we stand there, we sit there in your office, you're at work, you're in your prayer time saying, oh, I want the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I want to move in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is completely surrounding this person. It's just a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of understanding. It's a lack of confidence that you already have the Holy Spirit from the moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Can I hear an amen? Amen. All right, now you got to help yourself out there because I'm done with that. That was it epic sermon illustration fail if I've ever seen one, but you got the concept. (laughs) 
Now, can he ask for more of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. It's just, it, it, it disturbs me deeply as a pastor to, to hear Christians begging for the Holy Spirit, asking for the Holy Spirit, as though they do not have him or as though somehow he left them, especially after they sinned and they feel guilt and condemnation and shame. To think that the Holy Spirit has left you is a massive eternal mistake. It's when you have sinned, when you have failed, when you're depressed, when you're lonely, when you feel rejected and abandoned, that is when it's even more important to know and believe the Holy Spirit is with me. I am saran wrapped by the Holy Ghost at all times. Amen? You can ask for more, and I would have done that illustration if I could have at least started with some saran wrap, but if he asked for more, I would have wrapped him even more because you can have as much of the Holy Spirit as you desire because he is endless. We'll talk about it in just a moment. But look, one of the main purposes of this series of teachings is to not only create the awareness of our daily need for the power of the Holy Spirit and the multifaceted ways he is consistently and supernaturally working in our lives, but also to increase our confidence that through Jesus, we already have the Holy Spirit just like he did. You know the passage we looked at last week, Isaiah 11, that says, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, might, counsel, knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. We looked at those six different manifestations and attributes of the Holy Spirit. How critical are those? And those are really really dramatic. That is when you're at work. That is when you're at school. That is when you're parenting. That is when you're talking to your neighbor. That is when you are being a normal person on the planet Earth as a citizen of heaven. You have this supernatural wisdom and understanding and might and counsel and knowledge in the fear of the Lord at your disposal. But here's what I want to capitalize on right now. The beginning of that verse says, the spirit of the Lord shall what upon him? Push him down, shake him 24 hours a day, seven days a week, make him roll around the office floor. Is that what that says? Now I want to reiterate I want to shake and bake more than anybody in this house. I love it. I love when the Holy Spirit hammers me. It is so awesome to be overpowered by God. But that's not primarily what he's doing most of the time. He wants his children to be the salt and light of the world. He wants us to walk in wisdom, profound, heaven-given wisdom beyond anybody else on the planet. So we have the answers to the world's problems. He wants to operate in understanding and peace and joy and faith and self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit. I mean, how disastrous is having a lack of self-control in your life? That's a supernatural capability to have self-control in our lives. These are all from the Holy Spirit. But I love the description of how the Holy Spirit was upon Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the miracle worker, raising people from the dead, dramatic stuff. Yet it says the Spirit rested upon him. That word rest means to settle down, to be soothed or quieted, to be secure, to be still, to dwell 
peacefully. Isn't that a beautiful description of how the Holy Spirit was upon Jesus? I say this again because when we think, when we, when our, our Holy Spirit view, worldview, our biblical view of the Holy Spirit is that he's upon me if he is shaking me, then we really don't have the confidence that he's on us when he's not shaking me. Right. Oh no, he is on me. In fact, he's resting upon me the exact same way he rested upon Jesus because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. So Jesus put his spirit on me just like it was on him. How about you? Somebody came down for prayer uh, a few weeks ago, a mother and a son, and the mother uh, was just clearly uh, emotional and and needed a touch from the Lord, and the son was just kind of standing there. And I could tell the son kind of got drugged down by the mother. They're in the house here today, so I'm like talking offhanded here. And I looked at him, and I could tell that he, and I said, did she bring you down here? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay. And so I'm thinking that he just needs something from the Lord. And all, and all of a sudden, I just knew his age. I've never met him before. I've never met the young man in my life. And I knew how old he was. I said, you're 16. And he looked up at me. I just knew it. That's a word of knowledge. It was just information, that, and it wasn't dramatic. It was just information. And he looked up at me. And of course, when a pastor or a man of God or a woman of God or a prophet has information about you, our first response is, oh my God, they know all my sins, right? I mean, because we don't understand that God's after us, but he's after us with a bunch of love, right? I mean, you know, our sin nature makes us feel like God's after us and he's going to, look, if God was going to get you, he would have done got you a long time ago if he was like going to get you with judgment. He's chasing us with love and grace. And so he got nervous at first, right? And then I said, do you know why he just, you know how I know that? And he said, Holy Spirit, which is a great answer because I just preached a whole sermon on it. So he was able to connect the dots. And I said, but why do you think he told me? And he just looked at me and I said, because he wants you to know that he sees you. And that's when the tears came. It was so non-dramatic. I remember one time I was working for a tree trimming company and uh, I was a grunt. So I'm down there as these guys are swinging on ropes uh, from tree to tree up in La Jolla. And I'm down there on the ground with the chainsaw and I'm cutting up the chunks of the trunk and I'm throwing it in the, in the, in the truck. There was a, a girl that came walking on her balcony and these two guys were up there on the trees and then the game starts, right? You know, she's, what is she doing out there on the balcony while these guys are out there cutting palm trees? Come on. It was obvious what was going on. And of course they swung over to her porch and they get into this conversation and I'm, I'm, I'm down here looking up this thing going, this is just, this is just silliness. And so they're flirting with her and all of a sudden I knew her age. Okay. I didn't fall down and start shaking and quaking. I didn't, I didn't have to change into Elizabethan English. I was a construction worker. I'm just cutting some, some tree, some trees with a chainsaw. And I just look up and I said, excuse me. I said, you're 24 years old. And she looked at me and I just went back to working. It was so natural. It was normal. Right. Except for the information part. But my point is I wasn't trying to be Bill Johnson. I wasn't trying to be Benny Perez. I wasn't trying to be Mark. I wasn't trying to be anybody. I'm just John. And so I will say it the way John would say it. Hey, you're 24 years old. And so then later I see her come down and she's walking through the the parking lot. It was an apartment complex. And I said, excuse me. And she looked at me and I said, your birthday is January 21st. 
Of course, I wasn't thinking stalking when I did this. You know, in the moment, that's not what I was thinking. That's probably what she was thinking because she kind of freaked out. And, and, uh, and she kind of got nervous. And then I saw where she went to work. She worked right around the corner. It was later I thought... To, no, I saw she walked into the, it was like she somehow worked right next door to where she lived. And I'm thinking that that's when I started thinking later, I thought I should probably explain to her what that was about. One, because the Holy Spirit gave me that information for her for a reason. Secondly, because she's probably thinking I'm stalking her. You know what the guy said to me that I was working with? You ought to take that to Vegas, man. Right? Because in the world, they think it's, it's, uh, they, they think it's, you know, what? Well, no, I mean, they think the source is, uh, what do you call them, you know, fortune telling and prognosticators and, yeah, you know, uh, the shows they have on now, the mediums and that kind of thing, right? Well, Satan, psychics, yeah, I mean, Satan didn't start all that, you know. New Age didn't, like, you know, New Age isn't new. So we as the people of God need to understand that the Holy Spirit, he's ours and we're his. And he has all the information. And he can just tell you something about somebody at any time. But the thing is, what's critical is, and this is my point, if you're not confident, if you don't know that the Holy Spirit is upon you when you're cutting the trunk of a palm tree with a chainsaw in the middle of the day on a construction site, if you don't know the Holy Spirit is upon you, you won't turn your attention to him. In your mind, you won't click and go, wait a minute, I should listen and maybe ask the Holy Spirit or maybe pay attention. Maybe the Holy Spirit has something to say to me. And all of a sudden you get information. I found that all the time when I'm on a church service. Sometimes I'll find that I've gone a couple Sundays and I haven't really stopped to ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to do right now. And when I remind myself, oh yeah, you should probably stop right now and just see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I stop and say, hmm. All of a sudden I get information, words of knowledge, gifts of healing start happening. It's amazing. But you see, and I'm a, I'm a pastor who believes in the supernatural. But even, even I will not operate in the supernatural if I don't stop to see if the Holy Spirit wants to do something. And I certainly wouldn't do that if I didn't believe the Holy Spirit was upon me or upon me to do those things. Does this, is this making sense to you? So look, you make, here's the point. You may expect it of me because I'm up here behind the pulpit. But listen to me. I'm a Christian. And I'm married to Hope. And we have a family. And I'm mostly normal, just like you. Right? When I'm out of this pulpit, it's not like the Holy Spirit's going to work upon me differently once I step out of this pulpit and I'm at the grocery store than he does when I'm behind the pulpit in front of the people of God. This is a locker room. This is a training camp. This is boot camp. This is where we get trained and impartation and information and more as Heather's leading us, we're receiving more so we can go out and be normal, supernatural citizens of heaven on earth. So I will finish the story. So I went back to where I saw her going to a bagel shop and I came walking in and she's behind the counter. And I said, hi, do you remember me? And she goes, yes. I mean, I was hoping I'd never see you again. I said, uh, I'd like to explain to you how I knew that information. And so, and I don't know what to do with it at this point. This is, this is where operating the supernatural is another teaching. It's a seminar, which we're not going to do this morning. But I said to her, um, I'd like to explain to you how I did that. So she, I said, do you, you go on break soon? She goes, yeah, right now. And so she takes off her apron and she comes outside and we sit down. And I am now listening for the Holy Spirit because I don't know why he gave me that information about her. But I'm assuming he's going to tell me for her benefit. That's how, that's why the Holy Spirit will use people that don't even deserve to be used. 
Let me, let me clear this up real quick. Men and women of God who are in sin, who are laundering money in the body of Christ, who are alcoholics, who are into pornography, who are committing adultery, you know, Saul, King Saul in the Old Testament. How could God still be using someone like that? How could God still use men and women of God who are in sin? Because God, the gifts of the Spirit are gifts. They aren't character. They aren't earned. And the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. We will all be judged one day for how we stewarded what God put into our hands. But while we're in the earth, as God, as, as, uh, God said to, to uh, my former pastor's pastor, who is now one of my spiritual fathers, Bob Wilhite, Bob said, Lord, you know Bob, Lord, why do you use these men? And the Lord said, they're all I've got. Well, duh, right? The reason God will use someone that we don't deem worthy to be used is because of the person that has the need that's in front of the person that's unworthy to be used by God. So the anointing will flow through the person who is in sin because the person that's in front of the person who's in sin needs help. So the Holy Spirit wants to help that person. The vessel is going to have their own accountability with the Lord. But the Holy Spirit is going to flow through that person anyway. That's where we get confused. And that's also where we also look at somebody operating in the supernatural. And just because they can prophesy, we think they're close to God. When Jesus even said, hey, you prophesied in my name, did great miracles in my name, but I never knew you. Get away from me. Right? So there's a completely different thing going on between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. And we've got to be able to understand that family of God and not exalt people just because they operate in the gifts of the Spirit. We need to honor people and follow people who are holy people of God, who love Jesus and are close to, close to the Father. So we sat down at the table, and all of a sudden I knew. I said, all right, so you uh, used to go to church, and you now uh, have moved away from where your parents are, and your mom and dad are very concerned about you, and they want you to come back home. And she just burst into tears, and she said, I lived in Northern California, she goes, my dad was a Sunday school teacher, and uh, my mom worked in the church, and I just rebelled, and I moved down here, and I'm living with a guy, and uh, they've been wanting me to come home, and I'm just so convicted by it. I mean, and so I said, you know why the Lord sent me and gave me, gave me this information? Because he loves you, and he just wants you to go home. All that was just so normal, natural information given in a very normal, natural way, and uh, it was able to reach a girl whose parents were praying for her in a very normal way. Think about Jesus. I love the encounter of Jesus. You know, here's Jesus, the Son of God, with the Holy Spirit resting upon him, who just sees a woman, or see, he, he's tired. The Bible says he was tired. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was tired. Do you know that just because you're tired and weary and exhausted doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's not upon you? Yeah. Right? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who's baptized, filled with, and being led by the Holy Spirit, was physically tired. And so he sits down by a well, and a woman comes up, and he engages her in conversation. There was nothing dramatic about that whole encounter except for the information that he was given to her. But he was just talking to her in his Jewish language to a Samaritan at a well in Samaria, and yet... It produced the New Testament's first evangelist and saved an entire city. Are you with me? 
The more you, you are, the more God can use you. I want to say that again. The more you, you are, the more God can use you. He doesn't recognize you when you're trying to be somebody else. It doesn't work for you when you're trying to be somebody else. The more you, you are, the more God can use you. Why? Because you are completely relaxed. Gary Mancini is the best Gary Mancini that anybody's ever going to be on the planet. Right? Nobody else can be him. Nobody else can be you. That's why even if you have the same gift as somebody else has, and you say, well, I'm not needed because those gifts are already being used, nobody can do it the way you do it. God will flow through you uniquely. You are an expression of God. There are people, this is, this is right now, this is from the Holy Spirit. There are people at work that God has placed you right there because you are the exact kind of person, type of person, personality that can reach the people that are around you. Somebody else, they would just reject and would not be able to receive from them, but they can receive from you, and that's why God has you there. You know when Christians come to me and say, oh, pray that I can work in a Christian environment, I said, I will never pray that. You selfish thing. Really? This is about you? Living in a comfortable environment? Not! Jesus said to his disciples, they're going to kill you. They're going to put you in prison, but hang in there because I'll reward you even if, they, even if you die. I will reward you in heaven. Go! Preach the gospel to the whole world, right? Get in there. Roll your sleeves up. Dive into that workplace. Dive into that university environment. Dive into the high schools and the junior highs and the elementary schools. Dive into the world. Infiltrate. I know the principal of Poway High has said, Multiple times with the principal of Del Norte High in my presence. The principal of Del Norte High is a strong believer. The principal of Poway High, now the former principal, has said to him so many times, one day you're going to be doing what John does because you really can, can preach. I mean, you really are a great communicator. And I said, Scott, I've told you a million times. He is doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I said this to him. We have them planted everywhere. <laughs> It hasn't, it hasn't clicked for him yet because all he knows is Catholicism. So he's thinking the priest belongs here, right? And then he just doesn't get it. He really doesn't get it. I mean, and I'm not sure we do either. I think that we really still are trying to break down the separation of clergy and church member. We are all the salt and light of the world. And we are to be infiltrating every aspect of society with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so that brings us to uh, the next point, awareness that you can have more of the Holy Spirit. This is about expansion. I think we're pretty good at this. I'll say this, and I don't mean this to, to, to insult anybody's prayers when you pray for me, because I want more prayers for me than you could possibly pray, because I am absolutely dependent on your guys' prayers. But when people pray for me to be anointed, to preach, I don't know how, why Jesus would have to anoint me twice for the same job, right? I'm not going to pray for Heather to be anointed to lead worship. I'm not going to say when Mark is going to teach, oh, Lord, anoint Mark, anoint him to teach. I'm thinking, well, if he's not anointed to teach yet, he shouldn't stand up and teach, right? The anointing in the Bible, what it means is, like Samuel, this is a physical expression of a spiritual reality. Samuel takes oil, pours it on David, the teenager, as the next king of Israel. He never poured oil on him again. 
because he just anointed him. That means he put authority on him for a function in the kingdom of God. I have been anointed to be your pastor. I don't need to be anointed for that again. You could pray, God help John flow in the anointing. He's not doing a very good job with it. That's a good prayer, okay? Or God increase the anointing or the Holy Spirit's capacity or the power upon it. But I have already been anointed for this function. Now there can be new callings and, and, and new anointings for new purposes, but you don't need to be anointed twice for the same job. You see, this, I'm, what I'm talking to you today is about confidence. You have the Holy Spirit if you've given your life to Jesus Christ. You are anointed for what you are doing. Whether you are a money manager, whether you are a school teacher, whether you are a mama, whether you are a prophet, whether you are a custodian, whether you're a principal of a high school, you are anointed by God for that specific function. And it's a supernatural anointing. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And then finally, I want to say this, that second point, I'm running out of time. So the second point was about expansion. And that is where, uh, I'll back up for a second where Paul prays for a church, the Ephesian church, who was already flowing in the power of the Holy Spirit. He prayed that God would give to them the spirit of wisdom and understanding and the knowledge of him. What he was saying was, I pray, God, that you would give them more of what they already have. Because the Holy Spirit is endless. When Jesus so naturally sat down at a well and had a conversation, flowing in the gifts of knowledge, flowing in the uh, gifts of prophecy, flowing in the words of wisdom. I mean, he's flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, but you would never know it. If you saw them from a distance and you see Jesus sitting on the well, uh, at a well talking to a woman, you would never know anything supernatural was going on, but there was a boatload of supernatural going on. But one of the things he said to her was, if you would drink the water that I would give to you, which is the Holy Spirit, you would never, you, you would never run out. This is, this is everlasting water. She's like, give me that water. I don't want to come into this well anymore. She wasn't discerning between natural water and spiritual water. But the point is, Jesus is saying that you and I can be continually and forever and endlessly filled with more and more and more and more of the Holy Spirit. His wisdom is deeper than the ocean. His understanding is more profound than any computer you could ever, any subject you could Google. His knowledge, his power, his love. And boy, that's a big one, his love. Let me see this last thing. Point three. Walking naturally supernatural begins with access into the supernatural resources of the Holy Spirit. Um, I want to tell you a, a story about when I was, my, again, in my early years of pastoring. And this is about another congregation. It would never be about you. So don't, don't, don't transfer this on to us, okay? Because we just have a piece of heaven on earth here. When I was a younger pastor, um, in every, every congregation, there's going to be a few people who just just like to talk, just like to criticize. Any leadership position, if you're a parent, if you're a teacher, if you're a coach, if you're the president of the United States, if you're a boss, if you're a manager, anybody in a leadership position is just going to be criticized because we're not doing it the way that you would do it if you were in this position. But there's a thousand ways to do something. So you're not in charge. I am in this church. So I do it the way I feel the Holy Spirit's leading me to do, but I'm not going to run your home the way you would, but that's your home. So you can run that or parent your kids the way you're going to, or run your classroom the way you would, right? So you're in leadership. You're going to get criticized. As a young pastor, 
it just made me want to quit. I, I was just, I was so angry that, you know, how many of you parents have said, ever said, or thought after all I've done for you, right? Right. This is the things I get. Have you ever felt that way before? Come on, raise your hand, be honest. Bosses, managers, mamas, parents. So after all I've done for you, this is the way you're going to treat me, right? And uh, so, and so I, I felt uh, chewed on and it just made me really angry and I was offended and hurt and I just wanted to quit. So, you know, and I started having imaginations of coming up to the pulpit and just saying, thank you very much. Hope you can find another pastor. Close my Bible and just walking out the door. You know, you, know, you go there in your, your, in your imaginations, right? Your carnal mind, right? And the Holy Spirit just waits for you to be done with that, right? So then he can actually tell you what to do. But, you know, you just kind of let your mind run with your offenses. And uh, so I had to preach that night, and I was so angry. It was a Friday night. And I just wanted to, I, I told the Lord, I do not want to teach. I do not want to help them. I don't want to teach anything that will help them at all. I don't want to teach them any revelation. I don't want to give them any encouragement. They don't deserve it. You, your people are mean, you know. I'm just in a bad place. And so I'm pacing the sanctuary back and forth and back and forth. And of course, the big cross is up there. And I'm pacing in front of the cross, talking to the Lord how about how mean his people are. And I'm going back and forth. You know, I'm like 25 years old, and I'm just you know, just fiery and angry and mad. And, and finally, after like a couple hours of this, I decided I better talk to Jesus. And I knelt down. This is an important point. I'll tell you in a minute. So I got down on my knees and I got before the cross. I said, Jesus, what do you want me to teach tonight? And I was hoping he would say nothing. I agree with you. You know, that's what I'm wanting to hear. <laughs> like Moses and God, when they were saying, hey, these are your people. These aren't my people. These are your people, right? I wanted to have that kind of a conversation. And the ball end up in his court. And I say, good luck with your people, right? And look, I'm not saying I was perfect. They had to put up with me as well. So, you know, I've learned a lot since those days. But you know what he said to me? Teach about how beautiful my body is. Now I'm mad at Jesus. <laughs> I was so mad. So I go home. I live in a, a you know, single-bedroom apartment. I was by myself and my dog. I came home and kicked the dog. I was so mad. And I actually did that. And uh, I did. The proverbial kick the dog, it actually happened. I was so angry. And so I go out and I'm taking a walk and I'm saying, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this with integrity. I, I, don't, even, I don't have any revelation. And I don't want to do it. I can't do it with integrity. And he said, do it by faith. And this is the p first point of accessing the Holy Spirit, the supernatural resources. One is faith. Knowing that it's available and that you can access it by faith. I knew I could preach by faith. I know that it's true biblically, although I don't feel it. I don't, I'm not, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really believe it, but I know it's true because the Bible says the body of Christ is beautiful. So, okay, I can access it by faith. All right. So then right before I leave my apartment, I'm still not wanting to do it. I haven't studied. I have no notes. I have no revelation on it. I just know that it's biblically true. And now I got to go. So I get in my, I'm in my apartment. I kneel down and I say, Jesus, I just submit to you right now. So the second point is prayer. How do you access the supernatural prayer? I knelt down and I said, I will do this thing. I will preach how beautiful your body is. It was pure obedience, which is the third point, which is submission to God's will. 
I knew it was available. I knew how to get access it, which is through prayer. But thirdly was submission to the will of God. You got to decide you're going to do what God wants you to do. Now you come under his authority and all of heaven's resources are available to you. As long as you're out here being squirrely, you're kind of short-circuiting heaven's resources. Because why would heaven give you anything other than the gift of repentance <laughs> if you're outside of the will of God? And so I didn't feel anything. And I came uh, walking down the stairs from my apartment. I'm walking by my neighbor's house. And my neighbor says to me, hey, John, where are you going? It's Friday night. I said, I'm going to preach the gospel. And as I'm walking, I'm thinking, what happened to you? That was so weird. I was so excited. I was thinking to myself, what in the world? Now I'm feeling it. See, see, see when the feelings came was after I obeyed. The spirit of God was on me the whole time. But once I agreed with him, all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, I'm ready to preach the gospel. I still have no notes and no revelation. I go to church, I open the door to the church, and the place is, you know, got about 150 singles there in college and career, and the place was buzzing with life. And I walked in there, and my heart exploded with love. I couldn't believe it. I'm hugging people, and I, mean, I just loved being there. Every person I saw, I just just loved them. I just couldn't believe this love exploded out of my heart. I got behind the pulpit and I, I, mean, I had revelation about how beautiful the body of Christ is exploding out of me. I had more scriptures coming up than I could possibly preach. It was unbelievable. I left church that night. I walked out the door of the church, back door of the church closed. So I'm by myself in the back parking lot of the church. And I said, what was that? And he said, my love. That's agape. Yeah. So I've learned how to tap into that ever since. I think we all need to tap into that. Amen. We all need some of that. And that's just one thing that is available to us from the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask that you all stand on your feet this morning with me, and I want to lead us into confession. For those of you who have not yet received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can receive him right now as I'm talking, right where you are, saying, Jesus, I ask you into my life. I need forgiveness for my sins. I turn my life over to you. If you have not done that, just go ahead and, and confess this with us just to be part of the, the throng. For those of you who have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, we're going to confess this together. And I want you to confess it in faith. And then after we confess it, I'm going to ask everyone who was at the School of the Supernatural, as well as those who are normally on the prayer teams, to come down front here and get ready to impart what you receive from the School of the Supernatural. And if you want prayer, you can stay and come down and have prayer. You can stay here and worship if you want. If you want to uh, leave after this confession and impartation, you're, you're welcome to slip out because our time is up today. But I wanted to lead you in this confession and I know it will honor the Holy Spirit, and it will change you as a believer in Jesus Christ. You guys ready? Okay, let's see if this is up here. Okay, so let's go to the confession, which should be at the end of the sermon. Okay, uh, uh, go back up a little bit. Back up a little bit. Right there. You already had it there, didn't you? So you're, you're, you had it. All right. You guys ready? Am I in your way? Can you see it? 
All right, here we go. The Holy Spirit is upon me, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is in me, therefore he is leading me, comforting me, and teaching me. I have the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit is developing his character in me and exercising his supernatural gifts through me. I do not have to fear, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Holy Spirit cries out from within me, Abba, Father, and fills my heart with God's unending love. The Holy Spirit is with me, in me, upon me, flowing through me, leading me, guiding me, encouraging me, and empowering me. The Holy Spirit will be with me until the day that Jesus comes to get me or until I go home to be with him forever in heaven. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in my life. Amen. Woo! Yes. So I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come on down front here. If you're in the School of the Supernatural this week, would you please come on down here as well? As we continue to honor the Holy Spirit in this place. I'm going to ask Heather and the band, or even just Heather, if you just want to go yourself, or you can call your band. And I want us to fill this house with worship, because God inhabits the praises of his people. And maybe you need the second point of the sermon, more of the Holy Spirit, expansion of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you never have. And you can come down here and let the prayer pray with you, and you'll receive Jesus as your Savior. He'll wash you completely of all your sins, and then He will fill you with His Holy Spirit, and you will experience the things we've talked about here today. Some of you need your prayer language. You've never spoken in other tongues. This is a great time to do it. Some of you have strongholds in your life that you need broken and busted up so you can be set free. Even though you're a believer, you're a prisoner, and you need set free. Now is the time for us to access the Holy Spirit together, because one of the ways... Jesus has set it up for us to access heaven on earth. He said, if two of you on earth agree as touching anything, my Father in heaven will do it. So now is the time for you to come down and have that prayer of agreement or stay there and just stay in the presence and worship him. Let the Spirit of God come upon you. Other than that, if you're, uh, you need to go, God bless you. Thank you for coming today. But know this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you and you are the salt and light of the world. God bless you. Amen.